0: Foundations.
1: Again, I'm not saying don't read good books or listen to good teaching, but then go and check them. Go back to the scripture, go back to the context, the culture and the setting and say, is this what it actually says? Be a Berean, Acts 17,
0: 11. Foundations, understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith with Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Welcome back to Foundations, where we're currently learning what it means to be sheep. And we started the last program with a reading from the Psalms, Psalm 100. Today we'll start with Psalm 23, which is probably the best-known psalm about sheep. And it starts this way, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
1: This is where everybody collectively goes, oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> the thing is that it, that is a beautiful, beautiful psalm, and it shows this most intimate and personal relationship between the shepherd and his sheep. But there's some very interesting elements in that particular psalm. First of all, he doesn't keep his sheep in a pen. He's actually out in the wilds, so to speak, with his sheep. I mean, in Israel, they don't have a lot of grass, which means they can't just stay in one spot. They literally will take them all over the place. Their sheep will take – they they own land, so they've got to stay within their properties and, and whatnot. But they're basically – I mean, I've even seen um, farms where there have been cows out, and I'm thinking, how are these cows grazing? There's only rocks. Mm. It's, it's that kind of a landscape in so much of Israel. So they've got to move these sheep around. But then it also says that he leads them where they can sleep, in peaceful places, where there's plenty of water. It also says that he takes them through very dark and dangerous places and it takes him takes them where they're actually going to be surrounded by their enemies. Yeah. Not only will they be surrounded by their enemies, but while they're surrounded, he's going to provide everything they need for sustenance mm. uh, with their enemies when they're, when they're wayward sheep. He's going to use a rod and a staff. It says comfort them, but it means discipline them. Yeah. But through that, that will bring comfort and security to them. That is our shepherd. He is hes not a negligent shepherd. If we get into trouble, if we do the wrong thing, that shepherd's crook is going to come out. Mm. We're going to feel it. And we'll be thankful for it as yep. well.
0: In the in the long run, we're we're thankful. The other thing you mentioned in the last program was about the shepherd rubbing the oil on the the sheep yeah. when they've got the injuries, and it talks about that in that passage as well. Yeah, rubbing the oil on.
1: Absolutely, they get they get nasty stuff in their eyes, or they get you know bitten by insects or what have you, or they cut themselves, and and the uses olive oil that brings soothing and it's a barrier and it brings healing. So that's what the shepherd does. This is amazing. And then even through the valley of the shadow of death, they have no. Fear these sheep. They're with their shepherd the whole time, and the end result, at the end of all of this, they get to spend forever with their shepherd. Now, these sheep have heard the voice of their shepherd and they're not going to follow anybody else. They're completely trusting in him. Now, when you come to the new covenant, we've had several passages now from the old, then we jump to the new covenant. And Jesus says something really special in John 10. And I'm going to ask you if you wouldn't mind even reading that.
0: So it's verses 9 to 15 where Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he'll be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd "'who is not the owner of the sheep, "'sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, "'and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. "'He flees because he is a hired hand "'and is not concerned about the sheep.' I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and my own know me even as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay my life down for the sheep.
1: It's beautiful. If you take that particular passage in John 10 and you put that side by side parallel with Psalm 23 you see the role of this good shepherd laying down his life. Now he in, in John 10 he's talking about the difference between the good shepherd and a hireling. Now the hireling He's in it for the reward. He actually doesn't love the sheep. He doesn't care about the sheep. It's just a job for Mm. him. And if danger comes... Well, he's going to look after himself first. There's a, there's a Remember in the last program we talked about how sometimes at night they would put the sheep in a little pen and the shepherd would lay across the door to keep the sheep safe, not only to keep them from running out but to stop anybody from getting in. Well, there's um, the the passage about the hireling it says that he wants to come in another way to climb all over the, the wall. Mm. That is not what the shepherd does. You come to the sheep through the shepherd and the sheep... Get their freedom through the shepherd. Anybody who wants to come in over the fence, that's that's not the way. You don't bypass the shepherd. Mm. You have to come in through the shepherd. That's the way into the pen to be with the sheep. There's no other way. But the other thing too, when you're talking about hirelings, we're talking about being able to know the voice of our shepherd so that we're not going to follow somebody who is a hireling. How do we know the voice of our shepherd. We we looked at the example in our previous program about the, um, the PhD lady who was Judith who was visiting Israel and she saw these three shepherds come together, have a chat, and all their sheep all got mixed up together. And then as they walked away, they each called after their sheep and their sheep just followed them. How do we learn to follow the voice of our shepherd so that we're not going to be sucked in or deceived by false teachers, by hirelings, we don't have an audible voice to listen to. It's not talking about recognizing a particular tone of voice. Like I can re- I recognize your voice anywhere, Robo, and you would probably recognize mine. We're not talking about a specific tonal voice. Mm. But how do we recognize our, our shepherd? The only way you will recognize him is to know what his word says, what he has said to us in his Bible. The thing is there's nothing wrong with listening to preachers and teachers or reading good Christian books. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with listening to this program. I would encourage you to. But at the same time, I would say to you, Don't believe everything that I have said. Mm. Get into the Bible and study it for yourself so you can determine whether or not what we're saying here is correct. And that would be the same with any Bible teacher. Anybody who claims to be speaking and teaching from the Word of God, we must have that attitude. It's not about being disrespectful. It's about knowing and recognizing the voice of our shepherds so that we don't get... Sideswiped so we don't get, you know, distracted or sent off in the wrong direction. That's how. So the more you spend time in God's Word, the more you study him, the more you study what he taught, how he lived, what he how he thought and breathed and acted and responded to people. His relationship with the Father, his relationship with people, his relationship with um, the priesthood, his own people, with the cultures around him. The more you get to know that, the more you will hear and know and recognize his voice. So when somebody else comes along and it's a and you go, hang on a second, that doesn't sound like my shepherd. Mm. Sounds nothing like my shepherd. When it comes to learning and recognizing authentic banknotes, When they're training people in recognising banknotes, they literally make them spend all their time touching, looking at real, authentic, genuine banknotes.
0: Absolutely. They understand what the real thing feels like so they can pick a fake. Precisely,
1: which they actually don't spend their time looking at all the fakes. They spend their time studying and looking at the real thing. And the very second account of it comes along, they go, this is not right. They recognise it immediately. Again, I'm not saying don't read good books Or listen to good teaching. We have excellent teaching on Vision Christian Radio. And lots of other ministries do. That's great. Read them, listen to them, learn from them. But then go and check them. Go back to the scripture. Mm. Go back to the context, the culture and the setting. And say, is this what it actually says? Be a Berean, Acts 17, 11, where Paul said that the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, but... They search the scriptures daily to see whether those things be so. So it's one thing to have somebody tell you this is what the word of God says. You go, thank you very much. I will go and check that out for myself. And that's what it means to be a good Berean and to learn to hear the voice of our shepherd.
0: Well, on our next program, we're going to take a look at what the Bible says about Corbin or making vows.